Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's Brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much appreciated. All right, we're going to get to today's news uh, in just a moment, but a couple of things that I'm going to be talking about today as well. Uh, some takeaways from day four of training camp uh, so we'll discuss some of those and then also we're going to do a fun thing that we're starting today and it's going to go all the way through until the beginning of the season uh, or for the next five shows I guess or next four shows uh, and that's going to be our positional power rankings within the Canadian division so today we're going to start off with the center position so we're going to do the top five centers in the Canadian division obviously there is a Toronto Maple Leafs on this list, maybe even a couple. I don't know. You'll have to find out and uh, listen all the way through to the end to find out. But, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see where we rank these these uh, centermen within the division. And then we're going to do, you know, the defense. And uh, we'll do uh, left wing and right wing. I may just do defense. Yeah, I'll probably do defense. And then I'll probably just do wingers and just do a top 10, actually, uh, for that. Just because, you know, it's so hard to decipher who who's a, who plays left. It's like, well, he has played right. And, oh, he has played left. But we're just going to do a top 10 wingers. Uh, but top five for defensemen, top five for centermen, and then a top 10 wingers. And then top five, we'll probably rank, actually, all seven starting goaltenders in the NHL. So... Um, but what we're going to start off with today is some pretty positive news that we got. Uh, Lisa McLeod, the uh, Ontario's sports uh, minister of sports, finally and officially have given the green light for the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Ottawa Senators, both teams who reside in Ontario, the green light to play in home buildings. So we heard the like a couple of weeks ago it was you know trending towards every canadian team playing in their own buildings but i think ontario was actually the last province to officially allow them to play which i actually didn't realize that it hadn't been officially uh, announced until today i thought for a, a week now it's been known that they were going to be playing in toronto and i just assumed yeah okay it's 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 happening but it wasn't until today so like <laughs> what if for whatever reason, because I know that we did see in Ontario, I think we saw, what, over 3,000 cases today uh, within the province. What if that was kind of a threshold that Lisa McLeod had in her mind? Like, hey, if we reach 3,000 uh, by the end of the week, maybe we're not going to allow this to happen. Maybe it just means that this rapid growth within uh, the, the the public just means that we just shouldn't be having these teams playing uh, playing games. And there's more important things in the province than playing sports. I guess uh, technically what would the league have done if they decided to not allow these teams to play in Canada? That would have sucked, or to, to play in their home buildings. That would have sucked uh, for if Toronto was one of the... Toronto and, and Ottawa were the only two teams in the entire league who didn't get to play at home. I mean, it wouldn't be that different than the you know Jays and Raptors being the only teams that don't get to play at home. I guess they would have had to set up shop elsewhere, but... You know, it still would have sucked. I just thought it was funny that it came out today and they officially are allowing the Maple Leafs and Sens to play because when I read that, I was like, 
Well, yeah, I thought that was always the case. (laughs) Not always, but I thought that's been the case for a while. Uh, But no, today officially getting uh, the the good news straight from the horse's mouth from Lisa McLeod, who was kind of a villain for a little bit. First, she ruffled some feathers when she talked about how the OHL, there would be no hitting in the OHL, and people were like, "Uh, how are you going to play hockey without hitting? Especially a high-level game like uh, like like the junior level uh you know in the CHL but anyways uh she's back on the good books by allowing the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Ottawa Senators to be playing in their own buildings so there's still not going to be any fans i don't expect fans the rest of the season but at least you know the media will be able to go in there and they'll be able to watch games they won't get you know the one-on-one interviews it'll still be via Zoom for a lot of that stuff but um, it's still just, it feels good that at least that these teams will be able to play. And, you know, we're taking a look at what's going on down in the Raptors right now. And, you know, Sean Woodley, the host of the Locked On Raptors show, is, is having a tough time. Really having a tough time. The the team is off to a, a tough start. They're 1-6 on the year so far. And it's really uh, just not been a good start for them. And, you know, I wonder if it's because they just don't have... They're not playing at home. It's a whole season on the road. And it could it be weighing on them already this early into the year? It very well could be. And if Toronto was in that situation where they had to go and play all season long in, you know, an environment that wasn't home, uh, how tough that could have been for this upcoming season, one that we're expecting good things out of Toronto. So, uh, you know, Lisa McLeod back in the good books for officially allowing the Maple Leafs to play down at the Scotiabank Arena. Uh, Second little piece of news as well that has to do with the Scotiabank Arena. So for those who don't know, the media has not really been able to get a, a real live look at what's been going on at Leafs camp. So if you're trying to follow along these beat writers and, you know, they're not posting as much video uh, or not putting out as much content as maybe beat writers in other cities or for other teams, it's because they don't have the access. All they have is what the Leafs uh, PR is giving them, little clips and uh, of, of video that they're being given by the team. And then outside of that, the Leafs PR is you know, tweeting at the lines and, you know, they're getting pretty much what the team wants them to have, to be quite honest with you. And then they're allowing, obviously, some, you know, Zoom interviews for everybody. But, uh, yeah, that's all going to come to a halt this Saturday where we'll all get a first real glimpse of what this new-look Leafs team is going to look like because they've announced a blue versus white scrimmage that's taking place on Saturday at the Scotia Bank Arena, which means that the uh, the media will be able to attend the game. Uh, they'll be able to go and, and get their actual you know, eyes on this team for their own sake and so that they can come up to their own conclusions of what's going on. And we also will be able to watch this game as well as it's going to air on TSN and Sportsnet. So, uh, you know, we finally get a chance to see these players in action. We get a chance to see what Jumbo Joe Thornton looks like on this team. We get a chance to see if Jimmy VC is actually worthy of a top six position. How does that deep pairing of Morgan Riley and DJ Brody look right now? And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really excited for this Saturday. You know, we've got... NFL playoffs. Now you add this game into it. I'm really just going to make a dent into my couch, maybe order a pizza and have a couple of soda pops and just enjoy the day of sports. I'm really excited that sports are really starting to amp up again. You know, and the fact that hockey is now that next sport to start up and we're just less than a week away from that happening. Really, really excited and and ready to go. 
But uh, yeah, so this this scrimmage that's going to be happening on Saturday, uh, really really excited for it. And it was funny. Uh, the boys over at Locked On Senators tweeted out they're a little upset because you know the Maple Leafs, you know they're always pandered to by the media. Of course, both TSN and Sportsnet covering the Leafs scrimmage. What about us? What about the Sens? I mean, first of all, you're a team that's not even remotely in playoff consideration. So no one wants to see your AHL squads go up against each other. Burn, boom, roasted. Uh, but <laughs> what did happen was I, I tweeted out, if you guys remember that gif of Austin Matthews looking behind uh, Scott Sabrin's jersey, being like, who are you? Sorry, who is this? So I tweeted that gif out from the Locked on Leafs Twitter page to the Locked on Sens Twitter page. Boy, Sens Nation got after me. Wow. I am well aware that Scott Sabrin is now a part of the Maple Leafs. It wasn't a chirp at Scott Sabrin. It was more of a, hey, who are you guys? Who are you? Uh, Just in general. And it was just he happened to be a Senator player. I get it. He's now at the Maple Leafs. I wasn't chirping uh, Austin Sabrin. Um, But, hey, if you guys want to go get my back, you know, Leafs Nation, hopefully y'all have my back. Go to Locked On Sens and start tripping back at some of these Sens fans who are really getting after me. They're quite ferocious. Um, but, uh, yeah, this game, it's it's going to be the closest that we get to see to a preseason game as well. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, uh, before we move on and we talk about some of the uh, the takeaways that I've had from day four of training camp, uh, day four? Three, four, five, six, day five of training camp. Wow, it's really just zooming past. Uh, Let's talk about one of today's show sponsors, and that's betonline.ag. I know we're all hockey fans here at the Locked On Leafs podcast, but are we ready for some football? You got college football heading to the natty, and then there are some big matchups this weekend. Also in the NFL, the playoff picture, and the playoffs are finally here, and there is only one place that has you covered, and one place we trust, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. You put in $50 and receive $70. $5 at betonline.ag. You talk about some of the games coming up this weekend in the playoffs. You got the Browns and you got the Steelers, the Colts and the Bills. There's a lot of stuff going on in the NFL. There's even some over-unders starting to peek out in the NHL and some futures bets as well that you can go ahead and lay down some money and try and win some of your own but don't sit on the sidelines anymore get in on the action don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook expert all right, welcome back to the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. Once again, Mike DiStefano, the host of this daily Leafs program. And a couple of takeaways that I've gathered so far through uh, four days of training camp and today, on, on uh, or the fifth day uh, specifically, I guess. Austin Matthews reports out there now, and I guess more than reports, I think Sheldon Keefe came out and blatantly said this, but... Matthews, getting a look on the penalty kill. Now, there's two ways that I can look at this. One, I think it's great because I've been on multiple platforms, not just this podcast, screaming that I think that one day Austin Matthews is going to win a Selkie. Like, you look at, at, at when he is on and he gets into that, give me that damn puck mode, uh, he's ripping the puck from you. I don't care if you're, you're 
you know, Connor McDavid, Pierre-Luc Dubois, if you're Artemi Panarin, he's going to rip that puck off of you. Or, hey, Sens fans, if you're Brady Kachuk, good luck keeping the puck from my boy Austin Matthews. And the fact that he's going to be on the penalty kill, I, I think is interesting. And he's one of the better face-off guys on the team, uh, plays well. He's starting to play better in his own zone, and it's a piece of his game that he's trying to evolve as well as uh, you know, Sheldon Keefe tries to mold him into one of the best in the league. So I like the look. I like the way it sounds. I think that he is one of your best players, and you always want to have your best players out on the ice as much as possible. But there are also... Some negative aspects to it. If he's out on the ice killing penalties, is he somebody you want taking you know pucks off the ankles, taking pucks off the side of you know off his chest or off his head? Like you never know. When you're out there killing penalties, you got to kind of sacrifice your body a little bit, and it just it's a higher risk of injury. Do you want your superstars out there who a you're paying twelve million dollars for, and b is just your best player and kind of if he goes down, look out your season may be you know going down the toilet. Do you want him out there risking that injury? by being on the penalty kill. You know, so, so there's some pros and cons to it. They're going to have to weigh it. The only other thing that I'm curious about is whether or not this is only because of the injury to Alex Kerfoot. So Kerfoot, I think, was getting a, a, a look here on the penalty kill. And keep in mind, a guy who was on the penalty kill a year ago who's no longer on the team was Kasperi Kapanen. So there is a role out there that needs to be carved out by somebody to end up on this PK and it very well um, you know, could be Kerfoot's to win. And I think because Kerfoot wasn't there to practice, maybe that was just an instance where Matthews got a chance and got a look. I don't know if he's guaranteed to play on the penalty kill. That wasn't said, but he is getting a look. And you know, whether or not it's because Keith actually wants him to play the PK this season, or if it's because they're just getting, you know, uh, looking at a couple of options here while Kerfoot is sidelined with an injury. Um, And that brings me to my next piece of news with Kerfoot sidelined. Not quite sure how long it's going to be. It's not considered serious. I think he's at the moment day to day. I don't believe he's expected to play in this blue versus white scrimmage. So we're going to have to wait a little bit to see this Checking line um, with our own two eyes. Guess we'll probably have to wait till the 13th when uh, games get underway for real against Montreal. But you know, if you'll recall from my last uh, last show, Sheldon Keefe very very excited about the likes of this Mikheyev, Kerfoot, and Hyman line, and I was excited too. I thought that it was we were going to get a good opportunity to see how it how it looks. They probably would have had a chance to go up against the opposing team's best line. I'm, I'm not quite sure if we're going to see the same uh, blue versus white team that we saw yesterday um, or if they're going to kind of change up the lines a little bit and change up the teams. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, they clearly haven't been announced quite yet. But, um, yeah, I was excited to, to get a chance to see. But uh, I think Pierre Engvall has slid into his spot in the meantime. So, Engvall, he'll get a chance to show himself off a little bit, right? I think he's kind of a forgotten man on this team. He's somebody who's on the outside looking in and I think is someone who legitimately, if Kerfoot were to go down, Engvall could be someone who could step up in his place, right? I'm not a huge fan of him playing the center ice position, but it really does seem like uh, the Leafs want him to play center. They really tried to force him into the middle of the ice last season. Uh, He's right there. He's been there all camp so far this season. And 
an underrated pickup, actually, which I think helps Pierre Engvall this offseason. Wasn't Joe Thornton. Wasn't TJ Brody. Wasn't Wayne Simmons. Jimmy VC. Think about an underrated pickup that the Leafs made was Manny Malhaltra on the bench. Think about what he did in his career in the faceoff circle. Think about what he did for Bo Horvat out in Vancouver over the last few years, bringing him up to a high 50% faceoff winner. He's going to help guys like Kerfoot, like Matthews, like Pierre Engvall really improve in the faceoff dot, and that's going to be huge for some of these guys. I think if Engvall can win more draws this season than he was doing last year and learn how to play more of a, a rounded-out defensive game, something like a Manny Malhaltra, I think that that could give him an opportunity to get into the lineup um, on, on a more, eh, I want to say more consistent basis, but you know, be an effective piece when he's in the lineup, when he gets those opportunities. Because you know, don't get me wrong, injuries are going to occur. We're going to need Pierre Engvall to step up at some point and play some games. And uh, I think that he's somebody who will get a chance to really grow into a decent role if he takes to the coaching of a guy like a Manny Malhotra. Um, I mentioned a, a moment ago, too, uh, just moving on here to a, a kind of a different little side point. I mentioned a moment that there was also a scrimmage game between Team White and Team Blue yesterday, and uh, it wasn't highly publicized, interestingly enough. And what I thought was interesting was when I saw the score, it was 6 nothing for Team Blue. And so Team White falling 6-0. You guys want to know who the starting goaltender was for Team White, who got lit up for six goals? Yeah, it's Freddie Anderson. That's that's slightly concerned. Now, again, I, this is the problem. I wasn't there. Media wasn't there. So I'm not even sure if Anderson was in net for all six of these goals. I don't know what these goals looked like. I guess there there are some uh some clips that you can go and look at, I suppose, on on um I think Maple Leafs PR has has tweeted them out. You can go take a look at what they look like. But, you know, I, I I'm not exactly sure if Anderson was in net for all six of those uh goals, but that's a little concerning if he was. Um, we know how Anderson does start off a little bit slow, usually. His October is not always the best. Um, and the losses this year are just going to be amplified even more, especially early on in the season. Because if you're not getting two points, you're giving up two points to your opposition early in the year, that's two points you're giving up to a team that you're fighting with in the playoffs, and that's going to come up big later on in the season. Now, at the end of the day, I think he'll be fine. I think that the Maple Leafs are going to win their division, and it's not going to be that big of an issue. But it is uh, just something that I felt didn't get discussed enough uh, over the past couple of days uh, or the last 24 hours on, on Leafs Twitter, I guess I, I could say. Uh, but, you know, Freddie Anderson getting lit up for six goals in a scrimmage. Not uh, not the news that I was hoping to see uh, yesterday, late yesterday after practice. All right, uh, we'll take one more quick break here. And when we come back, we'll do the top five power rankings for the centers within this Canadian division. But before I do, let me tell you guys all about Built Bar. I got to tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. And the new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious. 
They've got 18 amazing flavors and six brand new flavors that you want to check out. My favorite, cookies and cream. It is fantastic. But they also got caramel brownie, cherry barcia, carrot cake, apple, almond crisp. And that goes along with the other 12 original flavors. And we already know how much I love myself, my peanut butter brownie. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And best of all, the Built Bar is healthy, folks. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal who's looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Let me tell you a little bit about the peanut butter bar. It's got 19 grams of protein, just 180 calories, just 5 grams of sugar, and only 5 grams of net carbs. I'm telling you. These bars are healthy, they're delicious, they're amazing. You just got to go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll receive 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast. Uh, Mike DiStefano with you here. Let's go over these power rankings for the top five centers within the Canadian division. Um, Obviously, Austin Matthews lands on this group. But where does he land in this group? And I really have been wrestling with where I want to put him here uh, for a little bit. So let's just get right into it, I suppose. And you guys will see where he lands. Uh, but before I get into my top five, I do have a couple of honorable mentions that I think are, are really on the cusp, really close to making this top five that I just couldn't put in there over the man I have at five. And my first one, who you know, I can even say he's a 5B, our captain, Johnny T. It pained me, pained me not to be able to put him in the top five. But I just don't think he's there anymore. Uh, not to say that he's fallen off greatly. I just think that other players have surpassed him because there are some really, really talented centers in this division. Like, super, super talented centers. I think there's four legitimate superstars at the center ice position in the Canadian, in the Scotia North Division. So, uh, John Tavares, unfortunately, just missed out there as an honorable mention. And the other guy who uh, who misses out as as uh, maybe not quite a 5C, but as another honorable mention, I think Bo Horvat has proven that he is quite the man down the middle and uh, the captain for the Canucks. Hell of a player, hell of a two-way guy, um, and really took a step offensively in the playoffs as well, which is why he made it into my honorable mentions list uh, in this power ranking. Let's get to number five. Number five coming in for myself. I have Mars Shifley of the Winnipeg Jets. I really like watching Shifley play hockey. I don't know what it is, but he's somebody who I really enjoy watching. He's just such a great player. He's 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 an unbelievable playmaker. He sees the ice so well. Pretty good skater. You know, Mark Mark Shifley, I think, deserves to be number five on this list. And if you know Patrick Line would you know finish more <laughs> if he would become the goal scorer that we all are hoping he would become I, I, the guy who distributes the puck to him in Mark Shifley would be I think much more highly regarded around the league uh, but this is a guy who I believe is great you know plays great two-way game and if he didn't play in a place like Winnipeg which is 
although it's a Canadian city, it's a pretty small market. I think that he gets underlooked sometimes. So uh, I'm not underlooking him, uh, or I'm not overlooking him. Underlooked. Uh, <laughs> that's a strange word I came up with there. But I'm not overlooking a guy like Mark Shifley. Uh, I'm putting him as my number five, which is where I believe he belongs here in this power ranking. All right, moving on to number four. And we're going out west again, even more west than Winnipeg. Elias Pedersen coming in at number four. This kid is super talented. Super talented. Like I said, like that's how talented that this division itself is. A guy like Elias Pedersen doesn't even make it, you know, as a you know, into the top three in a position group. That's how good this division is. Like, it's going to be tough going all year long for the Maple Leafs, but Elias Pettersson uh, is uh, someone who could do it all, and you know he's, he can score. He's got an unbelievable shot. Uh, he really sees the ice and skates so well. He can do wonders, wonders with the puck. And surprisingly, also pretty good defensively. I mean, he clearly has a step that he needs to take. He's still quite young, quite raw, but you know, Pedersen is a guy who I really do think is going to be a superstar in this league for a very long time. But you know, he's not better than he's not better than Austin Matthews, and that's who comes in at number three. Okay, look, I know this is the Locked On Lease podcast. I know that we are all Leaf fans. I know that we love Austin Matthews and we praise this guy like he is the second coming of Eric Lindros. You know, Lindros. But, look, I just couldn't put him ahead of the reigning Art Ross Hart Trophy winner, Leon Dreisaitl. Not yet, anyway. Not as of now. And that's where my rankings are. These rankings as are of now, as of today. By the end of the year... I may very well have Austin Matthews at my number two spot. I mean, if he has an amazing... Nah, all right, let's not get carried away here. But I could definitely see him surpassing Leon Dreisaitl as the second best centerman in the league. I 100% could do that. But for now, I, I had to put him at three. And I think one more year where he can show... Uh, if he can show me that he can play to the level that he can on a consistent level. I think that's one of the biggest differences between Dreisaitl and Matthews is Dreisaitl is consistent. Like, that guy was scoring points each and every night. That guy was bringing his A game each and every night for the Edmonton Oilers last year. McDavid missed some time, and he didn't miss a beat with his production. You know, that, that guy is unbelievable. And Austin Matthews can be just as good, if not better, when he turns it on for 60 minutes. The problem is, too often, he only plays half of the game. But I think that, you know, a a switch kind of flipped in him at some point last year. And I think that bringing in guys like Joe Thornton, bringing in guys like Wayne Simmons, Zach Bogosian, should really help him when it comes to uh, finding a good headspace to be able to be great each and every day and want to be great and play at the level that he can play each and every day, each and every shift, each and every second he's out there on the ice. And if he can do that, 100% he could pass Leon. But the guy that I certainly have at number one on this list, it's got to be Connor McDavid, Connor McJesus. He's the best player on the planet. Nate McKinnon is up there for sure. But Connor McDavid, I think, is still the best player on the planet. 
And if the Edmonton Oilers had any type of success, it wouldn't even be a question. And he's certainly the best centerman in the Canadian division. I really, I, I don't think I have to really make my case. All I have to say is Connor McDavid is the, is the best center in the league, in the world, and certainly within this division. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> not going to spend too much time talking about him. He's just, he, he does it all. He's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And I, I'm so excited to watch McDavid versus Matthews nine times this year. It's going to be so much fun. I'm really looking forward to it. I love this Canadian division. And actually, speaking of, and I guess technically that ends our power rankings there. So real quickly, I'll wrap it up. Um, I had Tavares and Bohorvat as honorable mentions, and then Mark Shifley as my fifth, Pedersen in fourth, Matthews as third, Dreisaitl two, Connor McDavid as number one. And that is my power rankings for the Canadian division centerman. So real quick, I'll mention one more thing before we uh, before I let you guys go for the day. And well, I'll let you guys go for the day. I sound like a teacher saying, all right, you guys can go for the day. You're good to go. Uh, but before we, we end the podcast, uh, Bill Daly actually was asked if he thought that maybe a Canadian division would be something that would, uh, would continue at least for a little bit. Because the thought process is that this Canadian division, in terms of you know, a financial perspective probably could bring the NHL quite a bit of money and, and, you know, quite a lot of revenue. I know that the, the TV rights and, and the broadcasting rights and advertising could certainly really rise here in Canada with an all Canadian division. But um, apparently Bill Daly uh, says that the NHL is not looking to make this a permanent thing, probably going to just be a one and done. So uh, uh, we got to enjoy it while we can. We got to enjoy being able to watch McDavid eight times this year, Dreisaitl eight times, Patterson eight times. I will certainly enjoy watching my man Mark Shifley and Bo Horvat as well multiple times this year because um, it'll most likely be the first and only time we ever see a true full Canadian division. Uh, all right. That will do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms. And receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs. And if you want some more hot talk, be sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast where myself and four other Locked On hosts discuss the latest around the NHL. I'll be back with another episode tomorrow. We'll get some more takeaways from Leafs camp and... Uh, uh, as well, I'll probably do, let me think, Def- no, wingers. We'll do the top 10 wingers tomorrow within the division. So that'll be tomorrow's power ranking within the Canadian division. Um, and then I'll do the uh, the defense and goaltending uh, leading up to puck drop on next Wednesday. But that's into it for us here today. Until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.